Biscuits and Blu-rays podcast. We watch Blu-rays and take the biscuit. I'm your host, James. James is here, also co-host. Hello. Hello. This is the last of our Christmas ones. It is. I'm so sad. But it's not because I've not had a good time. It's just because we've run out of Christmas time. I know. It is. Christmas is coming to an end. That's nice. It is, because I've really enjoyed the Christmas season. I think you can have too much of a good thing. This is not... Christmas is not a good thing. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> it could be Christmas every day. What? <laughs> no, thank you. We've done four Christmas films on the podcast so far this year. We have. And I th- we've, we've sort of done them in the order we would watch them at home. Yes. So we started with Gremlins. Mm-hmm. Then it was Jingle Alls Away. Jingle, yes. Then it was Grinch... And this this episode is Home Alone. Mm-hmm. I usually watch Home Alone much closer to Christmas. How can you get much more closer? Watching it on Christmas Day would be closer. Would you usually watch this Christmas Day? No, that's reserved for Die Hard. Oh, I see. So, how how close to Christmas would you watch this then? Uh, Christmas Eve Eve. Which is today. Which is today. So your comment is completely moot, really. I, honestly, I've been talking so much, I forgot what I said. <laughs> I think this sits highly on people's Christmas list. I, d- I think I would struggle watching this at the beginning of the of the Christmas season and then watching it again and again. I think it's it's something that I like watching once in December. More than once, it starts to lose its... Magic. Use its magic, and then you, you know what's coming. You, you know what's coming anyway with the with the burglars, but once a year, it's it keeps it funny and fresh. Does it? It does for me, I like it. It'll always make me laugh, this film. Yeah. Because of two characters. Mm-hmm. It, oh, and it always makes me cry. Yes, it does. It's not that sad. But, it's but happy. It's just sad, so, isn't it? It's so yeah. nice. And it's so warm. And it's Christmas. It's like, oh. Wholesome. It's wholesome, is what it is. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. And you're sat there, like, emotionless. No, I get emotional with it. It's just I don't cry at everything. Like you. <laughs> Yeah, I do cry. I do cry a lot, don't I? But this is Home Alone. Mm-hmm. This is 1991, I think this came out. Same age as you. Oh, it is, yeah. Yeah. You came out around this time of year as well. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fair in saying that. Well done. Yep. Well done. It's directed by Chris Chris Columbus. Mm-hmm. Not to be mistaken for the guy who discovered America. What? Yeah. But they were the same person. And obviously it's Macaulay Culkin's highlight Oh, yeah. Yeah? I would say so. How do, how do you find Macaulay Culkin? In I love Macaulay Culkin. I think he's great as well. He's he's a child actor that isn't irritating. Is he funny? Because he's doing... There are certain bits where he's doing stuff that would be considered funny. Yeah, I think I think as a child I enjoyed that more because it's played for kids. Yeah. Uh, we and you like this stuff where he's just screaming for no, like, no reason at the cars and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. This is a John Hughes written film. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with the films of John Hughes? No, I do explain them to you. He's me. a big 80s icon. Okay. F- films like The Breakfast Club, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Okay. 16 Candles. Okay. Those sort of 80s movies. Mm-hmm. Like teenage angst, stuff yeah. like that. This doesn't feel like any of those. No, it doesn't. But the sentiment is still there. Yeah. This is a full-out comedy, specifically in its second half. Definitely. The beginning bit's almost quite tragic in how his family treat him. Do you like that family? No. <laughs> okay. Why? I don't even think the mum has many redeeming hey. qualities. Nice to Catherine O'Hara. She's in I can I can love Catherine O'Hara, mm-hmm. but the character herself doesn't have a, a massive amount going for her. Macaulay Culkin's recently had a uh, star of the Hollywood Walk of Fame. As he should have done. And she was there, Catherine O'Hara, to do a speech. Oh, that's so cute. And she said, like, it felt horrible being mean to this cute little little boy. Cute little boy, yeah. Yeah. Who's clearly going to grow up and become like Patrick Bateman. No, it's it's more saw, more jigsaw. (laughs) That's what you think he's going to do? Yeah, why not? Or burglars. Yeah. Did you see the commercial Macaulay Culkin did recently? As well, like maybe like five years ago. No. And he's he's playing Kevin McAllister. Oh yeah, I have seen yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, they broke into the house, uh, and he's like, I'm in a terrible time of it. Maybe they should have done it as a saw sort of parody for Crimes Against Christmas. You'd include Blood Guts <laughs> and Gore in this, would you? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'd like to see a Christmas saw film. That yeah. Yeah. Come on Hollywood, we didn't we didn't need that shite sequel we got earlier this year. Do a do a saw Christmas edition. God, saw ten was this year, wasn't it? Yeah. Fuck. Talented cast. Who's your favourite? 
I, I love Cool Kim. Mm-hmm. I don't know their names off by heart. Couldn't tell you. I just know their faces. The burglars? Yeah. Okay. Joe Pesci and... The other one I really like. Daniel Stern. Yeah, he's my favourite out of the burglars. I love them both. I think their chemistry is so good together. I th- do you feel Pesci's a bit above this? Because this was a few years after Goodfellas. I don't know. He just seems to fit really well within that character. He's an Academy Award winner, is he not? He is indeed. But you've not seen Goodfellas. It's an absolute oh, icon forget. film. Oh, watch funny. Tell me watch funny. That is that. Is it that one? Okay. I'll, I'll watch it. <laughs> but I was telling you, I don't think I've seen any other Joe Pesci movies. I don't know. Because I've tried The Irishman. I can only get half an hour into it. No one's got enough time to watch The Irishman. We're never going to do The Irishman for the podcast. No, guys. We could do The Irishman for the podcast. Maybe, but it's a bit like Killers of the Flower Moon. I don't know if I've got that sort of energy. Uh, Scorsese doesn't edit his films enough. No. And that's a problem. Yes, that's an issue. Not in Hollywood. I think that's great. Mm -hmm. For me, that's a problem. Yeah. I haven't got the attention span. (laughs) But this is short. This is sweet. It's Christmas. It is Christmas. This is, I think, why I like it so much. It is short. It's sweet. It Mm -hmm. gets to the point really quickly. The action sequences... I just they're just right they're perfect they don't go on for ages i think it's perfect quick tangent before um we talk about what happens in this film everyone knows what happens in this film so mm-hmm. we feel like we can just speak freely about it yeah but i do want to talk into an issue that i'm quite passionate about okay go stunt performers okay i don't think they get the recognition they deserve oh they absolutely don't and i don't just mean like big action blockbusters and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, things like this. Yeah. Where like, a fall down the stairs might look like simple. Like it's an easy thing to film. But that's, it's incredibly dangerous. Yeah. And falling down the stairs and uh, like doing flips and stuff like this. Mm-hmm. It, I think what, whoever these stunt performers are, I think they're, they weren't they're t- paid enough. They're top notch. Yeah. Yeah. They should be recognised. They should. And that's the thing. I think we, we sometimes forget about the faces we don't see in yeah. Hollywood. Although, you, I don't think they do well at disguising when the stunt doubles happen. Because I notice it a few times. Yeah, and we, we notice as well with a bit later on with one of the props, with the spider. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I just needed to get that out there. No, I'm glad that you did. I think it's important. I'm quite passionate about that. Because people have really started to care about the writers now. Mm-hmm. Let's start caring about some of the other things as well. There was a conversation that Daniel Stern was having with his stunt double. Yeah. When they were doing the bit where he falls down the, the basement stairs. Yeah. And then he talked to the stunt double and was like, what What? What do you do this for? Mm-hmm. Like, what do you get out of it? And so, oh, I, I put the kids through college. This is yeah. it. This sorts it out. But it's, you're putting your life on the line. At the yeah, end of the you put, it's very difficult. Yeah. And I know it's only Home Alone. I know it's not like a Mission Impossible style action movie. But there, I said it. Maybe they train to fall in such a way so it's, it's, it's less impact. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but like one miss... One misstep and it's very dangerous, yeah. Yeah. I get that completely. So I just need to say that. I think people need to pay respects. Yes, pay respect to it. <laughs> yeah. So this is quite a, a simple setup. Kid gets left home alone, burglars, and he stops them. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. You don't get much of you don't. You, I think you still get you get a little bit of like the family dynamic and that sort of stuff. You don't get too much of it because the story's not centered around that. It's centered around Kevin just fighting off these burglars. We don't know where they came from or any of their stuff. I don't know. You've it keeps it quite simple. I think that's probably why it works so well. I, I think as well like his Kevin's story arc is that like, hates his family, wants them to disappear. They disappear, mm-hmm. and then he is forced to grow up just a little bit. It's a bit of a, got a, a Coraline-esque part to it. Like, be careful what you wish for. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, yeah. yeah. His family... Well, okay, so it's around the holidays. They're a very rich, well-off family. Mm-hmm. So the stakes couldn't be lower. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, if they got burgled, everything could be replaced. It still sucks, though, to have someone in your house yeah. stealing your things yeah. with money you've had to... No, I appreciate that. You've had to buy things. But that's it. They're just things. Yeah, things can be replaced. I suppose it's that security issue. It's like someone's been in your property. Could they ever come back? It's not the... It's not like they're setting the house on fire. Well, they do something just as fucking shit. When they turn the water on. Yeah, but you know water that starts flooding? Yeah. You get damp. It's really hard to get damp out of houses. Oh. Hand me my patching trowel, boy. (laughs) 
So, yeah, there's a lot of people around the McAllister house. Do you like the house? Oh, the house is perfect. Isn't it gorgeous? I love that house. Yeah, it's big. It's too big. Well, there is, it is a big family. There's seven of them in total, isn't there? There's mum and dad and the five children. Five kids, yeah, but then we've got the uncle and a few nephews around. They're just, they're just visiting, though, aren't they? They don't live there. Yeah, but they're. I think people forget that they're not part of the immediate family. Yeah, so for example, I did a Christmas quiz with my colleagues mm-hmm. earlier in the week, and that was one of the questions. Is I think this must come up on, in pub quizzes, how many McAllister children, children are, are they? And someone put 11. <laughs> <laughs> but like, who belongs to who? Who knows? There's so many adults there. I couldn't tell you initially which, which ones belong to which family. Yeah, I'm not a burglar, mm-hmm. but I think having the setup of Joe Pesci in the house... First of all, when I was a kid, mm-hmm. I never knew that that was Joe Pesci, the same guy. Yeah. I was like, oh, there's policemen helping out. And then when I, once I realised who Pesci was, yeah, I was like, oh, shit. He's sort of doing, like, recon. He's doing recon, yeah. And he, then these families are openly telling him their security systems and how it's working and if they're going to be in. Yeah. They're giving him all the information it's, that he needs. It's quite a clever scam, almost. It is really clever. Yeah. Obviously, it's... Quite, you said this film is quite timeless. Yeah. But in terms of things that security measures, mm-hmm. I don't think it is. Yeah, things like that. Obviously, technology's changed and stuff from from now. But there is, I think, there's still a timeless feeling to it. I get that, but like most people in America now would have just have a gun in the house. Yeah, and they'd also have mobiles. They'd have mobile phones. So. Yeah, I think it's like, oh, wasn't it sweet back in the 90s when we had no idea? Yeah, I also think houses like that as well would have enhanced security systems now. Yeah, like a panic room or something. No, um, you know, for example, like very sure alarms are quite big here now. Uh-huh. You'd have that. They'd have, they'd have fucking ring doorbells and all sorts, wouldn't they? Yeah. Get off my front porch. Fuck off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Chaos in the family because they're all going to Paris for the... For the holidays. So they're visiting his uncle, so his dad's brother that lives in Paris. Yes. Because they want all three brothers to be together for Christmas. So the other brother is Frank, the cheapskate one. Who's Frank, Peter and Uncle... Uncle France. Pa- <laughs> <laughs> uncle House in France. Uncle, yeah. uncle House in France. And he's also the same guy from the second film who has the house in New York. Is there not a fourth one that has I, the house in New York? I thought it was the same person. Because the house has been renovated, isn't it? Quick thing as well. Uh, we in this household believe that Home Alone 2 is better than this one. Yeah, 100%. Why Why is that? What's missing from this one that that one's got? I don't know what it is. I think it's... Actually, I do. I think I really enjoy the other some, some other secondary characters in the second one. I really liked him, Curry. Hello, Mr. Curry. And I think the whole ho- hotel staff are really good. Yeah, the, the Rob, Rob Snyder bit. Yeah, yeah that's great. Uh, I prefer the traps in the yeah. second one. I just think it's it's more dangerous. There's more at stake. And again, the stunt performers are just... The brick stuff on the roof is really good. <laughs> yeah. Harry? Harry? <laughs> what a hole. What a hole. The uh, pigeon lady's not as good, though. No, I, I agree. I think th- that one falls in... I think they needed to rush that out quickly. Yeah. To make a bit of dollar. So they were just like, literally, just copy and paste. But the film is a bit of a copy and paste. This, a few elements changed. Yeah. But it is more or less following the same sort of... He gets lost, the late for the plane. Uh, Kevin has to figure things out for himself. Yeah. I think you do have the added element that he's in a hotel this time. Yeah. But, yeah, I do think it's, more, it's quite similar. Maybe too similar. We'll if save I... that for a different podcast. Yeah, maybe next year. Yeah. Home Alone 2 is better. But this is great. <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, I think this film is a good example of things just going, small things, little drops in the water, have a big ripple effect. Mm -hmm. It's chaos theory. Yeah. That's from Jurassic Park, I think. It is. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's Kevin doing things, and then, so for instance, they ordered the pizza, he hasn't got cheese pizza. Yeah. So Buzz, he goes to Buzz, like, where's my cheese pizza? And Buzz takes, takes the piss. Mm-hmm. But then he, um, Kevin attacks Buzz and they spill milk all over the boarding passes mm-hmm. and the passports. And in doing so, in the, in the cleanup for it, unfortunately, Kevin's boarding pass is thrown away. Yeah. So when in the morning they would go, oh, okay, everyone's boarding pass is here. Because obviously Kevin's, yeah. isn't it? Then there's the kid who... 
Well, it, the, the, after that, he sent upstairs and he said, oh, don't make me share with Fuller. Fuller, because he, he wets the bed. So they find another place for Fuller to sleep. Yeah. But if he did just share the bed, mm-hmm. he'd have still gone. Yeah. Obviously, where they might have struggled with a boarding pass, but he'd have still gone with them. Even before that as well, Kevin, right at the beginning of the film, doesn't have his case packed. Mm-hmm. And he's asking all of his brothers and sisters to help him pack his case because he doesn't know what to do. Yeah. And no one helps him whatsoever. So even again, if he'd have been, if he'd have been up in the morning, we have them with them all rushing. Would he've even had his stuff together? He's what, his mum wasn't doing it for him. He's what the French call les égobedants. Well, <laughs> <laughs> that family are fucking awful. I know those. Yeah. Why wouldn't your parents sort you? My mum and dad still were sorting my case out when I was fifteen. My, mine still do it. Do they? Yeah. Dad! But, but well, they did it until security measures became a bit more tense because I did not pack You did not pack your own bag. <laughs> so now I have to do it. I mean, how old is Kevin? Nine? Eight, eight or oh, nine? nine. And they, they can't pack... Let's uh, say they can't do because you obviously got... I'm guessing the kids can pack their own bags. Sure. But you wouldn't just leave it all to them because you're going to pack shit they don't need, aren't they? They're going to pack all their toys and... I think they've got so much on. That yeah. they sort of gone, okay, we'll pack it in a bit, and then just forgot. A responsible adult should make sure their children's cases are packed. But if that's the case, then, oh. forgive the oh. pun, then the film can't happen. Yeah. So something's got to give. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. But then there's a storm, and the, the power lines, the phone lines are down, and their alarm clocks, like, go off. Which is, well, it's power cut, essentially. It's power cut, yeah. Yeah. And... So their alarms don't go off, so they're in a rush and they forget Kevin because he's by himself upstairs. Mm-hmm. Then when there's the neighbor, annoying neighbour kid hanging about... Around the minibus, yeah. He yeah. comes out of nowhere, doesn't he? But in the head count, they count him as Kevin. Yeah. So I think it's a lot of things that just grow and grow and grow to, to be like, okay. Everything was against Kevin. Yeah. Kevin never was never meant to... Never meant to go to France. No. Very Final Destination. A little bit Final yeah. Destination. <laughs> Don't they go to France in Final yeah. Destination? Yeah. Maybe that's the thing. He was always meant to stay and guard the house. Yeah. Because the house is always going to be a, there's always going to be an attempted robbery on the house. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was the maybe it's that monster house. It was the mon- It was the house's way oh. of making sure it was protected so, by the most competent person in the house. So it's a girl house. <laughs> <laughs> I like Monster House. We should do that. Oh, year, yeah, I love Monster House. So, yeah, I think it, the film does really well at setting those things in motion. And also, I think the things that, that make sense as well. It's not some convoluted way in which the family of this has happened. Mm. It's a simple power cut. It could happen to anybody. Well, it, especially at that time when you didn't have mobiles. Yeah. You would have been reliant on your alarm clock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Otherwise, how are you waking up? It's, it's, just, it's just good luck that they woke up at that time. Yeah. When was the plane? Like 45 minutes? They would never have made that on time. Sorry. No. You can't get to the airport. Get through sec- Even pre-9-11, you could not have got through security that quickly. Yeah, we were talking about this because they are running through the airport and that is something that you just don't do anymore. <laughs> <laughs> do you remember the days where we'd run through the airport? I have run through an airport, but you can't run through security. That, that doesn't happen. That doesn't happen anymore. It's quite a... My parents are very of the... You have to be there. If your flight is at 12 o'clock noon you have to be at the airport for six in the morning yeah my mum is <laughs> yeah. holiday starts at the airport it doesn't for McAllister's <laughs> and then they just get on the plane and they get on the, and it's just like hey, pick any seat you want it's like no no that's a very bad idea well that's that is how it like even like now with Ryanair that's how it happens yeah you get whatever seat is left that's insane. You you'd have thought there was a family that big. They would have pre-booked. They would have pre-booked seats mm. all next to each other. Ah, the kids can look after themselves. They're they're not kids. They're not all little kids. There's some teenagers in there as well. So the teenagers will look after. That's not the way it should be, though. The little ones should be having responsible adults, but the adults are sat in first class. Yeah. They've clearly their dad's paid for his brother. To be there as well. Fuck off playing for his tickets. Make sure you're, all your kids are sat together. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Frank is, is played so well, but he's such... I think we've all got an annoying relative. Or we know someone we've like that. We've all got that. an Uncle Frank, yeah. Whether it's at work or whatever, who is like that. Look what you did, you little chunk. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's great. I think he's good in the sequel as well. Oh, yeah. I'll slap you silly. <laughs> Get out of here. I'll slap you silly. <laughs> we should probably talk as well. This is a nice bit of trivia. that Angels with dirty faces... 
that's not a real movie. It's not a real movie. No. Were you of the impression that that's a real film? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's very, very good. Mm-hmm. Very clever that they've gone, okay. Because then it fits with the narrative later on down the line when they need to use it. Well, it, fit, it fits anyway because uh, when everyone's around, Kevin can't watch the R-rated movie. Is that is that the R-rated movie? I assume so. Watching? And then that's the reason why he puts it on. Ah, oh, okay. Because as soon as he wakes up and he finds out his family are gone, initially he's horrified and then he's like, oh. Yeah. I got my wish. And Made he's straight my away. family disappear. He's going for the sweets of chocolate, running around, putting on the X-rated movies. Were you ever left home alone? Yeah. But it wasn't until I'd hit like double digits. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was left to fend for myself. I mean, not in, not to this extent, but... Oh, no. I was definitely older when I was left home alone. But I was left with my sister. Like, we were left together. Okay. Yeah. But it was definitely like about 15, 16, though. So that's quite late. I guess. I don't... <laughs> Two girls. Good point. He does the usual, I'm home alone, this is great. Yeah. Uh, but then we get introduced to Harriet Marv. Yes. Who is Pesci and Stern. I love these two. These two, it's the, it's, these carry the movie. Oh, they do? Yeah. Well, there's this four main characters for me. It's those two, Kevin and the mum. Yeah. Everyone else is just sort of there. They're the four characters you're following. Mm-hmm. And they're the most memorable, I think. To be fair, mem- members of the family are memorable. And when, when I say that, I mean the dad and buzz only. I yeah. Think, I don't think any of the other kids are. Uncle Frank. Oh, yeah, Uncle Frank. But he's not part of the immediate family. <laughs> Well, no, I absolutely love the Wet Bandits. And then, was it st- the Sticky Bandits in the second one? The Sticky Bandits, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're great. I think uh, Daniel Stern is on fine form here, but I think it... And he's my favourite. Mm-hmm. But I do think those two together... It had to be those two. Yeah. I don't think any one of those is interchangeable. They're very Pinky and the Brain-esque. Yeah, you said, I liked it when you said that halfway through the film. Yeah. And I was like, yes! <laughs> Maniacs! The plans to rule the world. I wonder how he's got... Is this Harry's plan and he, he just needs Marv to... I don't know, because Marv isn't isn't the clever one, is he? No, yeah, exactly. But he does pick up on information that Harry doesn't know later on. Mm-hmm. So when, we kind of, when we're kind of introduced to them, they're in the van together. Because at first we've only been introduced to Harry as the policeman. Mm-hmm. And he's, he knows which families have gone. Yeah. Because all the lights start switching on at the different houses. Mm-hmm. And they go, Pop, then the first house they really want to hit is Kevin's. Yeah. There's a character as well that we've not mentioned who was introduced quite early in the film. Mm-hmm. I forget his name. Old guy with beard. Oh, yeah. We get we get something <laughs> with him though after this, don't we? No, it's at the start when Buzz is like, well, oh. Well, we see him, but we get a, we get a bit of an interaction with him and Kevin after yeah. this bit, don't we? So, I like... Did you ever have like someone in the village who was just sort of... Oh, they were a loner. They kept to themselves. Yeah. yeah. And you tell stories about it. And I think they make they the music as well, John Williams. Dun 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 dun. Bra, 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 bra. Yeah, yeah. I think they do really well to establish that this guy is creepy, but obviously we learn he's fine. He's got like I, a boogeyman element to it. He wears all black. He's a bit crypt keeperish. Is yeah, yeah. He's of that. He got his big leather boots. Yeah, and his it? big big black overcoat. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that the film establishes quite early on that maybe you should be scared of him. And then we find out. We learn out, yeah, appearances can be deceptive. That's that's the moral of the film, I guess, probably. <laughs> so then Kevin decides, okay, I'm going to have to just sort of do things for myself to so go shopping. Well, He's... you missed out a bit. So they, they, they knock at his house, don't they? And he flips all the light switches on. Yeah. He does this, I'm not afraid anymore. <laughs> Sees the old man with goes, beard. Goes straight outside and goes, ah! But by this point, his family have realised he's gone. Yeah. It's quite iconic, Catherine O'Hara, isn't it? Where she's yeah. like, get like Kevin. Because this all happens in one night. Mm-hmm. So that's when, because when this is happening, he this family land in France. Yeah. And his mum was a right obnoxious cow, getting that woman off the phone. Well, it's... I know it's an emergency to her. Yeah, but you'd ask, but you don't just push someone off of a phone. I doubt they was going to be there for half an hour. I don't know. I just think there was a way of doing it, and that wasn't the way. Well, yeah, yeah, it's 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 funny, isn't it? I guess. Yeah. And they ring the for the police. They ring the police, and the police transfer it over to 
Family crisis. Family crisis. And then they transfer it back to the police. But that's... I feel like that is something that will happen. I think... They're just so uninterested, are they? They're just like, no, we're, we're getting ready to wind up for the holidays too. It's close to Christmas. Yeah, we've got families too. Yeah. We're bored. And I'm eating a donut. And half of it goes on the handle of the phone. So, yeah. So they send out police to the house mm-hmm. to check on Kevin. But this is just after the, the bandits have turned up for the first time. Mm-hmm. He's been scared by the old man doing nothing. Yeah, yeah. So when the police then knock on the door, he's not going down to answer it. Mm-hmm. Whereas he might have done if these other two things hadn't Lit- have happened. If, if literally, like, maybe ten minutes earlier. Yeah, because he's just under the bed terrified. Yeah. Then Kevin uh, seems to, like, fend for himself a little bit, go shopping, because mm-hmm. he needs a toothbrush. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a very important question about the toothbrush. Was it approved by the Dental Association of America? We'll never know. We never find out. No, because as soon as we go to find out, old man with beard comes in. And does nothing. And does nothing. <laughs> but well, he's got his hand, his like, really bloody hand, and he puts it on the counter and stuff. Yeah. You can see why Kevin is scared of this guy. And he just stares at him, doesn't he? Yeah. He doesn't say, oh, don't be afraid. That's <laughs> my impression of guy with beard. Okay. Old man Marley, because it's Christmas, and that's why it... Marley and Marley. Yeah. <laughs> And then Kevin runs away. He's a thief, so he's a criminal. I think there's only one criminal here, and it is Kevin for stealing the toothbrush. I mean, no, because they've still uh, robbed people's houses. Yeah, but... And that's what they're doing when they come across poor little Kevin. But what's worse? This is how that... it, that's how it starts, though. The life of crime. <laughs> that's how Harry and Bob started. <laughs> yeah. They robbed toothbrushes because they didn't know if they was part of the Dental Association of America. Exactly. But yeah, then Harry and Marv... Are robbing the Murphy house. They're robbing a house in the neighborhood. I think yeah. it's the Murphys, isn't it? It's ne- is it like next door or the door down? Yeah, something like that. And they're just to be. I don't understand why they're supposed to be great robbers because all Marv's doing is knocking shit about and breaking it. I don't see him steal anything. I think he puts maybe one thing in the bag, but then he's just at it with the crowbar. Just like some of those things are probably priceless antiques. Why are you swatting them about? Yeah, you would though, wouldn't you? You'd take them I, and you'd sell them. But Harry's Harry's a bit different. He's a bit more sinister because he's he's there playing with the kaleidoscope. Yeah, it's like, that's obviously a kid's toy. A so kid's he's toy, taking yeah. a bit more pleasure in this, and he's a bit more direct. He got Marv with his, with his uh, scuba diving mask on. Yeah. <laughs> and they get the answer phone machine from the family in France. Yeah, because the mechanic has ring up to say, "Yeah, can you ring us?" There's like with this problem. Mm-hmm. Doesn't say our child's home alone. Yeah. But then they realise, oh shit, actually there isn't anyone at the McAllister house. Yeah, So they, but they keep going back. But every time they go back, Kevin is one step ahead. We have the house party scene. Which is iconic. I think the rocking around the Christmas tree bit. Yeah. So good. I think if anyone if heard rocking around the Christmas tree, they would think, oh, the song from They Mother think Lair. of that scene, yeah. Yeah. Not me, I think Mel and Kim. Oh, I see. Pumpkin pie, anyone? Oh, I, I've been hearing that on the radio and every time it brings me deep joy. And then there's another time where Marv goes to investigate and then Kevin plays the Angels with Dirty Faces bit. Dirty Souls. I don't think it's ever Dirty Faces. I think it's I'm Dirty sure Souls. It's Dirty Faces. I'm pretty sure it's Souls. Pause it while we find out. So yeah, it is uh, <laughs> <laughs> Angels with Dirty Souls. I told you. I thought it was Dirty Faces. What am I thinking of? Yourself. Thank you. <laughs> I wash my face, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, so he plays the film and then they're like, oh, what's something? something's not quite right in this house. No. But then they figure out, okay. There's that boy again we've already seen. Yeah. And it's just him in the house. There's no other family there. Mm-hmm. We're going to come back. And Kevin over here is coming back at nine o'clock. Yeah, nine o'clock, which is quite early for a, a robbery. A robbery, yeah. You'd probably maybe wait till he's in bed. So Kevin's like, right, okay, bad time to be me. No, and he, he really starts feeling bad about himself around this point. Because he's like, shit, they're coming back and they know I'm here on my own now. Yeah. Then he really starts missing his parents. Yeah. That's quite nice. And we get the, we kind of cut back to his mum who's trying to get back all by herself. And she's just raising as much havoc as she can at the airport. She steals, well, someone, she gets an old woman to sell her ticket home. And she's, got, she's got some earrings with a box of dangly ones. Is that a Rolex? <laughs> uh, do you think it is? <laughs> <laughs> yeah but who could tell <laughs> um, so she's ended up back in America she's back in Scranton she goes from Paris to Dallas to she's in Scranton which is really important guys because that's the electric city <laughs> that's where the office is yep yep Michael Scott would never he wouldn't he would <laughs> <laughs> 
Then we get introduced to a, se- a secondary character that I quite like. I like him as well. Mr. Jean Candy. Jean Candy. Yeah. One Nikon. Uncle Buck himself. Mm-hmm. Cool Runnings. Indeed. Planes, Trains. Space Balls. This film is very Planes, Trains and Automobiles. Mm-hmm. Well, Planes and Automobiles. Yeah. Yeah. John Candy's in a band. He's in a polka band. Polka, polka, polka. Polka, polka, polka. And I think it's quite nice seeing him and Catherine O'Hara together. Most of John Candy's dialogue was improvised. Because it's, well, she's clearly quite repulsed by his character mm. and she does have no time for him they're the complete opposites yeah and they they it's their dialogue's quite good together yeah well it's it, again it's improv mm-hmm. and it's but that's their they've worked together in second city which is yeah. a very big uh improv heavy company mm-hmm. it's like rick moranis came from there as well yeah we it, love rick moranis exactly yes yeah, it's, it's very of that ilk eugene levy's in there as yeah. well yeah yeah so i think their dialogue kind of really works Mm-hmm. Specifically, the bit where it, they're in the van and he's going through all the members of the band, yeah, and how they're all terrible parents and stuff mm-hmm. to make her feel less bad. It's quite good, yeah. But Kevin goes to goes to a big carol service. Car- uh, then, then we get two of my favourite songs of all time, "Oh Holy Night." But then they sing like "Carol of the Bells" as well. But that's when we it starts to really, really kind Ramp of up, build up yeah. in the story. But while he's in the church. Thinking about what's good about what's what to do with his self. Mm-hmm. That sounded really Mansfieldian then. Yeah. What to do about his situation? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, he meets Old Man Marley. Old Man Marley. And he, uh, Old Man Marley comes up to him to a boy by himself. Yeah. No questions raised there, but he goes up to him and he's like, "Kushbush." <laughs> <laughs> and then Kevin's like, "Well, okay, this guy's wishing me Merry Christmas. He's not that bad." And he's got a nice little backstory, I think. Yeah. Where he explains that, oh, no, so sometimes we hate our families, but they're our families and we love them. Yeah, so his um, his granddaughter mm-hmm. is singing in the choir that, is, that are in the church. Yeah, and this is the only way that he can see her. Yeah. Um, because he had an f- argument with his son, mm-hmm. and therefore, like, tempers were... Tempers high. were raised. Tempers were high, everyone was fighting, uh, do you know what I mean? But they said things that you know and they and he kind of regrets it now because a few years down the line it's a few years down the line it's a time to reflect yeah it's like oh, maybe i was the, the, the problem but then that, that's <laughs> then that's where fear gets you and you're like oh my god i'm not talking to this person yeah but nothing will ever change if someone doesn't make a move yeah yeah and i think that's really sweet yeah that's that's no that's christmas is all about forgiveness and, and that comes from kevin yeah i think they work they're stories work to affect the other one yeah so i think both of them go okay i need to sort my stuff out mm-hmm. specifically about marley who goes moo, moo, <laughs> <laughs> so kevin goes okay he's walking back through the church and then you get the john williams making the plan music yeah which i which i adore well it starts off with carol of the bells that's playing all in the background as he starts to yeah. While the dialogue's happening, and then it, the the bell starts chiming, mm-hmm. and it ramps up. And I I said to you, this is the best sequence in the film. Yeah, I know. I agree. I I think I want to talk about the music real quick. It wasn't always going to be John Williams. Mm-hmm. I can't remember who said they were going to get to do it, but John Williams came in last minute. And the sc- the music for this is iconic. Not just the main title sequence, which I like, uh, but this bit making the plan. And uh, somewhere in my memory. Oh yeah. Which is such a, such a sweet song. This is that's the bit where he cries. That's the p- spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> it's where the Omar Marley's just uh, uh, sorts it all out with his son, <laughs> and he waves at Kevin. Spoiler alert. Oh okay, sorry. No one's ever seen Home Alone before. No one's ever seen it before. <laughs> yeah. But can I just say, with, well, with this scene, I only just realised tonight, and it made me go, oh. This is so good when he's running down the street and the music's ramping up before yeah. he does his plan. You spot in the background all the all, all the street is dark mm-hmm. other than the street lights, and then as he's running past the house, the lights switch on. Mm-hmm. The Christmas lights outside each house, and his is the last house he gets to. The lights go on there too. Yeah. Oh, so they're the they're the five families that have been hit already. Yeah. By the wet bandits, they're the families who are in, and their automatic lights are going off, and it's like. 
it's going in sequence and his house is next. Yeah. And it's like, oh my God, that's so clever. Quite symbolic, isn't it? Yeah. It is. I was, I was all for it. When, was, when you when you said that, I was like, oh yeah, that's so good. Because even we get a bit of an idea with that as well. Because when, the, when they've got their truck at the beginning, when they're robbing the Murphys. Yeah. Marv takes a snow globe and puts it on the front of like the car bonnet. Mm-hmm. There's four all already there, so it's so taking little trophies. Yeah, sick bastard, sick fucker. <laughs> then we get the the traps. So this is where the film really just grabs my interest. I think it's so great. Do you like the traps? I do like the traps. I think they're better in the second one. They're better in the second one. But which is your favourite of the traps before we start going into them? Uh, in at number five. Top of the traps. We've got Top right of the here. traps. I am a sucker for the water on the stairs, but on the basement stairs. Mm-hmm. But on the tar? I don't like the tar. I, I'll t- you know I don't like the tar. Yeah. Maybe the iron to the face? Yeah, that's a good one. But then again, like the, the car toys on the bottom of the stairs, you know when they do the... And then yeah. they time their fall at exactly the same time. It's quite iconic. My favourite one is the paint cans to the face. So good, they brought it back for the sequel. They did. And my least favourite is the chicken feathers. <laughs> no, I think it's great. Because it doesn't do anything. It's just, it's just an annoying an annoying thing, isn't but it? But you've got to, haven't you? You've got to mess with them mentally. Yeah, it's like, it's, it wasn't... Maybe I just like pain. There's a problem with me. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I think it's really great. So obviously... I think it's good that it's all things in household things. Yeah. Some of it is foreshadowed quite early on. Mm-hmm. Like the um, uh, the gun. Yeah. Uh, the iron with the thing in the basement. What's, what's that called? The, oh, the dumbwaiter thing. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, just a lot of things like that. I but we, we start off, though, with Kevin being the defender of the house. This is my house. I have to defend it. And he starts, and he shoots them when they appear at the back door. This is it. Don't get scared now. <laughs> I think it's so funny. Uh, Pesci is quite. He swears a lot. Yeah. On set, and obviously he didn't want to do it in front of McCulkin. 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 We'll keep that. <laughs> See. Yeah. Uh, Macaulay Culkin. McCulkin for McCulkin. short. McCulkin. So you know the the the. Yeah. That was his way of not swearing. It's very muttly, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think it really adds to the character of him. I like it. Yeah, I like it too. The bit with the gun where he's shot in the balls. That, <laughs> that, that makes me laugh every time. And then Daniel Stern puts his head in the cat flap. Wait, they don't have a cat. Maybe they had a dog or a cat in the past. But they kept the cat flap. Maybe. Oh. That's something I didn't remember. I just thought of that. I was like, who's feeding the cat? <laughs> Yeah, to be fair, they may have a cat, but they knew they were going away for the holidays. So, the, and it could already be with a neighbour for all we know. Or is it for like neighbours' cats? You don't have a cat flap for someone else's cat. No. Okay. <laughs> it, it could. They, like I said, that's the question for everyone. Do the McAllisters have a cat? I think it's a dog. It's a dog door, isn't it? No, because it's a cat flap. Because otherwise, you don't you see to... a kennel in the garden? I don't know. Ah. Oh. But yeah, maybe if they've got an animal, it might already be at the cattery or the kennel. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Because that, that animal must be there then already. Then not, it, can't, they, it can't be there when they're all ready to fly the next day. Yes. Because you won't have time otherwise. No, of course. I like seeing them get shot in the face. I think that's really funny. Hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is that the first time they see each other? They, they, yeah. Yeah, they lock eyes with each other. And, and they know who each other are yeah. as well. We know you're in there. And you're all alone. Yeah. <laughs> they make the they make a plan to okay. You go that way. I'll, you take the front door. I'll you, I'll take the basement. Or, they don't or, watch horror movies clearly. Uh, of course. Well, Let's split up. Yeah, these characters obviously haven't seen Home Alone. <laughs> I think Mar- Who do you think gets it worse? Marv. I don't know. They both get it equally as shit. I think. Yeah. For, for me, Burns are, t- are really. That's that shit that's gonna sting and hurt for yeah. ages afterwards. Yeah, I think that's probably worse. Do you know how they did that? How they, you know, the, the sort of projection they have. Yeah. So uh, Charlie Chaplin used to do it. I forget what it's called. Okay. Re- rear projection, where you've got uh, something on one pane of glass, something on another oh, pane of glass, oh, something yeah, on another no. pane of glass. But if you film it from the front, it looks like yeah. Uh, there's a small outline just above Pesci's head where mm-hmm. you can see where it doesn't quite match. Yeah. But that's how they did it. 
and it was like yeah, it's on his head and it's his hand. Yeah. That that would really really hurt. But I think I don't think it's I don't think it's as bad as Marv. I think Marv gets it worse. Because what just, what, just having a nail in the foot. But that but then he he doesn't dial down on the you know he's got no shoes on. He's got he's got a nail through his foot. He's got tar on his feet. Then he goes in through the window and it's he treads on all the ornaments. Then he treads on all the toys. I think it's very foot related. It's very foot related, but I think I don't know. For me, I think a burn would hurt more because you because your nerve endings yeah. are all exposed. Okay. And then as well, later on we see them when they're going through the rope down the rope. If you've got rope burn on. Yeah. On a, oh fuck yeah! Yeah, so <laughs> I, think I, that. I think that's worse personally. That's fair enough. I do like in the sequel when they try to grab Macaulay Culkin and you can see he's got the M. The from M's the... still there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just little things like that I like. But yeah, I, I like all the traps here. Specifically the stair stuff. The st- I think the stair stuff with the water is funny from both actors. Yeah. When they're slipping and they're fl- It's all very cartoony. But, the, but obviously they're not doing their own falls, but I think they're doing good reactions. Yeah. Where, okay, Pesci, get on the ground, you've fallen off the thing, and mm. action. He's doing a good... I like Marv when he falls and the crowbar hits him in the head. This <laughs> is <laughs> how it delays and you can see it's about to fall. How many tapes do you think that took? You remember that was an accident? Oh, I love yeah. that. It's so funny. So yeah, they get into the house quite quickly, I think. Yeah. Once they, once they do. And th- when you think about Home Alone, you think about the traps, but you think they last longer. And they don't. Imagine they, they pass out, I suppose, as well at different points. Maybe. They both pass out, don't they? When they've, uh, when they've both taken the fall... With the stairs. Because obviously Marv's on the floor with the crowbar hitting him in the face. Yeah. And Pesci's done the same thing. Did they pass out? You would have to just get up after that. Hmm. Okay. But it probably would have about 10, 15 minutes. But I think violence is funny if these characters react in a certain way. It's cartoony, isn't it's got, it? It's Looney Tunes. Mm-hmm. Again. They keep coming back. Those Looney Tunes. Those pesky Looney Tunes. Yeah. That's what that's what Christmas is all about. <laughs> the loony people getting hurt. I want to talk about the scream because I think about this twice a day. Oh, the tarantula! They run. They run upstairs. Uh, the tarantula's loose at this point. It's Buzz's tarantula. Yeah. Something's happened to his room. It doesn't matter. No. The tarantula's loose. As is with every house. Yeah. Oh, they almost get Kevin. I think that's what's annoying for them. If you're rooting for these burglars, mm-hmm. it's annoying that they almost get him. Yeah, and then. Harry falls and then he gets knocked out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but Marv grabs him by the leg mm-hmm. and he's like, I've got him. But then Kevin's uses a spider and puts it on his face. Daniel Stern's scream is phenomenal. Oh, it's so good. Uh, it's right? like a primal scream, isn't it? It's, it comes from somewhere <laughs> like deep. deep inside <laughs> Daniel Stern. I love it. I could listen to that scream all day. That's not a normal thing to say ever. And he- and here I am talking about here it. Here as the end, displaying it to the world. Yeah, I just think he's good. I think he's consistently. I don't what like Daniel Stern. What happened to him after Home Alone? He did Home Alone too. Oh yeah. <laughs> but what happened to him after the Home Alone franchise? He got married. Okay. <laughs> Great. Did he scream at that wedding? Yes. Was Pesci at that wedding? Yes. Was Pesci? I, I don't know. <laughs> I would like. I, in my head, he got married in full costume. With yes. The, with the iron on his face and everything. And with the crowbar. With the crowbar, yeah. To and the Joe crowbar. Pesci's the best man and he yeah. still dresses as a chicken. Yes, that <laughs> happened. Some of Daniel Stern's lines were improv as well. The, mm-hmm. why you dress like a chicken, that was improv. I just thought, nice to know. You like a lot of improv, don't you? I just think it's good. I think that that's when an actor is really into their character. When they can just go off, off book like that. Yeah. And find a line that... Or change that, a line that perhaps didn't work. That really fits their character. Because what would that line have been, yeah? Yeah, no, I get it. Yeah. Kevin ends up in the treehouse. Mm-hmm. There's a nice little zip line to the tre- He's like calling up from a treehouse! Yes, yeah, he's called the police by this point. Pop, my house is being robbed. My name's Murphy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Kevin's plan was always to end up in this other house. Yeah, because that's the house that's already been robbed. It's his neighbour's house. Yeah. I don't know. We have a theory about the old man, which... We do? So... When, obviously, Kevin ends up in the treehouse doing the zip line, mm-hmm. the wet bandits follow him out onto the zip line and he cuts it. Yeah. And they fall. Yeah. He doesn't leave himself sufficient time to get down from the treehouse and then round them across the garden mm-hmm. to then run over to the Murphy's house. But he gets into the Murphy's house through the basement. 
Yeah. Because it's flooding. But they've already been there because they've already robbed it. Yeah. So they know the layout of where they're going. So straight away, Harry picks up that's what he's doing. He's, he's running into the Murphy house. So they come in from the front door. Yeah. He goes in from the basement and obviously it's full of water. And they then they catch, catch him. him. Hiya, pal. Pesci bit one of... Uh, Macaulay's, Macaul- Macaulay Culkin's fingers. Macaulkin's fingers. Macaulkin's fingers. Um, and then old man Murphy comes to save the day, hits him in the head with a shawl. Because that was always the kind of plot point. It was like, when he was in church, yeah. he could have told old man Murphy this was going to happen to him. Yeah. And to call the police, because these people were coming back. But he wanted them to go through his funhouse. Old man Murphy was too busy saying, Merry Christmas. But we think that he <laughs> must have seen Macaulay on the way back from church. Do you think? Because what time do you reckon that church service finished? I mean, bring him around the, the bandits were at his house at nine. If the old man's walking No, out, I think that... No, the it ends at eight. Because the bells rang and it's eight of them. So he yeah. goes back, plans for an hour, and at nine o'clock the burglars come. Yeah, but the old man... When do you reckon... That carol service weren't finished. I think... So I think it probably finished about nine. I think he's, his journey is... Yeah, it finishes at nine. So he's walking Murphy, home. Murphy goes home, sees that his house is flooding, and goes, oh, okay, then... Is it Murphy? Oh my Murphy. No, it's not him. Oh my Marley. Yeah, I think he was walking back and he must have seen Macaulay running to the house. But he's in the neighbourhood. He's in the neighbourhood. He's the opposite side, I think. So what's he doing around this random house? That's if he's walking back from church and he's had to walk past that house and walk past Kevin's house. Mm -hmm. If he sees Kevin run out and go towards the basement of of the Murphy house, he might be checking to see if he's all right. Oh, maybe, yeah. We're adding stuff to this. That's because otherwise it's kind of like, well, what was he doing there in a neighbour's house that's flooded? Plot twist, he was burgling that house. He was doing it too. <laughs> yeah. So he knocks out the wet bandits. Mm-hmm. And they get sent to straight to jail. The police turn up immediately. We've been after you guys for a long time. It's like, these aren't good policemen then. Because no. these aren't smart burglars. No, they're not. And they know, But they know which houses have been hit because they obviously left the water on. Which is a really cruel thing to do. Yeah, but at least there's... Like... I mean, I think Marv's do- doing it because he thinks it's funny. Because he's a sort of... Is it, s- he's an idiot. Yeah. yeah. Then Kevin goes, right, okay. Christmas. Christmas tomorrow. Off to bed I go. And he's and cleaned the house quickly. Cleans the house quickly. Yeah, well, he's got, what else has he got to do? <laughs> Took on angels with dirty souls for the... Yeah, for the duration. Yeah. But I think he was hoping that his parents would come back. So he, you know, clear up all the mess. He still does his little routine with the cookies and milk. Which is really cute. It's really sweet. He's got, he's got his little Christmas uh, dressing gown little on. Dressing gown on. And he sits in the in the living room all by himself. Yeah, just sits there. With the stockings and the tree he's put there himself. Mm-hmm. It's, oh, it's so, it's so it's, sad. Yeah, it's, that's wholesome. It's like, I hope they come back. So he wakes up Christmas morning and, then, and they're not back. It, not, not really. Mm-hmm. Which is quite... Oh. Because he gets up and he sees that it's been snowing really heavily. He's excited. He runs downstairs and there's no one there. Yeah. He's like, oh, poor Kevin. And he's like, he actually, it's like kind of childlike. He really, really believed they were going to be there. And you can see it all in Macaulay's face. It's, yeah. He's it's, it's such a great little actor. Yeah. He, no, he is. But Catherine O'Hara, like, comes through the door. He's like, Kevin, I'm so sorry. And he forgives her straight away. You would do that, wouldn't you? Because he's really missed. Yeah, he's missed her. And then the music swells with a... <laughs> comes back and then everyone all the family come back with like two minutes later yeah but they caught a direct plane ah oh, we caught the plane you know the one you didn't want to get on I wonder if they caught like the Concorde or something like that oh yeah do you remember the Concorde I remember the Concorde fast it was such a fast plane yeah decommissioned we missed you Concorde we missed you Concorde this Brilliant. episode goes out to Concorde Concorde's everywhere so he has everyone's back for Christmas but as soon as everyone comes back and says oh Kevin good to see you they, they, they leave him. They leave him alone, yeah. <laughs> you've been shopping? What do you mean you've been shopping? I bought eggs, milk and fabric softener. Which, like, what meal are you making there, Kevin? <laughs> fabric softener omelette. But then we get what you think is like the one of the best parts of the film it's ever. so, so sweet. So old man Murphy, he's, he's, uh, he's made up with his uh, son and his family. And they're going to have a Christmas together. And he's hugging his granddaughter. It's his face as he's cuddling her and it's... Yeah, it's like, it looks like it's, it's a very... It's a wonderful life. Yeah. that. I think that's very sweet. And yeah, it makes me cry. Oh, I think he's got his hand on the back of her, like on the back of her head and he's just like... It's just like such that relief yeah. and... And he waves at Kevin like a... It's so cute. Like a thank you thing. Yeah. So nice. Kevin, what did you do with my room? 
fine. And, and that's how it ends. Solid joke to end on. Better than Space Jam? Yes. Yeah, I agree. Not better than the second one. It isn't better, better than the second one. I think this one does the sentimentality a little bit better. Yeah, I'd agree with that. But I, it's the traps for me. Yeah, because people are watching this ultimately for two things. Mm-hmm. And the first one being the traps. Yeah, I would agree with that. It just so happens that within this film, we've got that really good family feeling in it. You know, it's like Christmas is actually about family and being yeah. together. But then you've got the, the bumbling idiots that are Harry and Marv. Mm-hmm. So I think it's it's just an amalgamation of lots of things. But they're part of the traps, though. Yeah. They're, but... they're hand in hand, aren't they? When you think Home Alone, you don't just think of the burglars doing other things. You think of them going through the traps. Yeah, yeah that's a good point. It's a good film. <laughs> it's really good. But yeah, I'm glad we watched it. Obviously, we do Muppets Christmas Carol a little bit later. We'll have yeah. to do that next year. We will do, definitely. Yeah. But yeah, is Chris- family Christmas favourite for you? Oh, yeah. This is like top of the list for me. This is top of the list? It's up there at the top of the list, yeah. This is like in my top five. Okay, But okay. it's in your top five too. It is, yes, yes, it is. But, well, I always class Home Alone as both of them. I think I think we would want to do a double bill. We don't talk about any of the others. What happened to the Home Alone franchise? It didn't need reviving in any shape or form. Oh, you've not seen Home Sweet Home Alone. I've not seen any of them other than the first two, which is how it should be. Number three's passable. No. It's passable. No. You, I've seen the trailer for that about yeah. two minutes ago, and it's one of the worst things I've ever it's seen. It's passable, that one. It's even worse than Kong v. Godzilla, whatever the but, fuck that film is. Yeah. Um, number four, I've not seen. Number five, I've not seen. But Home Sweet Home Alone, which is the latest one, is dreadful. Why would you watch that? I thought I'd check it out. There's some people in there I like. Why? Some people in there I like. No. I know. I'd say this is the better film of all of them. It's the best of that franchise. Well, this one, not the second one. I second one's my favourite, but I don't think that is the best film. Because who cares about the pigeon lady? No, she's iconic, though. Didn't Piers Morgan have to like confirm that he wasn't the pigeon lady? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> That's the Chris, our Christmas episode over for this year. It is indeed. Oh, I've had fun doing these Christmas ones. I've had so much fun. Yeah. But I know, I've enjoyed doing these ones. So we're back, we're, I don't know, we've got the Golden Biscuits Awards. We have. To see in the new year, which is, I I can't wait for that. I'm really excited. Yeah, yeah. We might see if we can get another episode in in the middle. Yeah, maybe, just to... Depends what we do. But, and then we'll crack on with Star Wars, I think. Yeah, we're going to have to. I feel like, what a shit New Year's resolution. Oh, you got to watch Solo. <laughs> you might like it. I mean, that my New Year's resolution is watch to Solo. finally watch Solo. Yeah, absolutely. And to be fair, because I know I'll be doing it, I'll, I'll be really proud of myself at the end of next year. I'll be like, I did it. You've done your I New Year's resolution. I did my New Year's resolution. But if we don't see you before, Merry Christmas, guys. Merry Christmas. Have a good one. Uh, have a good New Year if we don't see you before then as well. Indeed. I hope you all have the best time. I hope it's better than Space Jam. Oh, yeah. Always. Always. That's my aim in life, yeah. is to have a Christmas better than Space Jam. Oh, no. Hope everyone see their families and they get everything they wanted. Yeah. Peace on earth. Yeah. Have a good one, guys. See you soon. Bye.